Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of Stuff Said with Greg Shegel. I am Greg Shegel. I'm your host. I'm a cartoonist, and on this show, I talk to other people who are cartoonists or work in comics or something relative to that. I'm excited about today's show because today's show is me talking to somebody that I'm almost certain you've never heard of because he's very much a behind-the-scenes guy. It's my friend Piero Peluso, who I worked with at Nickelodeon in their consumer products division, doing artwork that ended up on consumer products, backpacks, stationery, that sort of thing. But he moved on into the world of animation, where he became a storyboard artist, bouncing around Nickelodeon, Disney, the man won an Emmy Award. Yeah, first Emmy winner on Stuff Said. It's this show right here. I don't know what else I could say besides you're about to listen to me talk to an Emmy winner. <laughs> I am so overstating this. It's it's uh, severe overkill. But, oh, this is worth mentioning. A lot of cursing in this particular show. Piero is not afraid to uh, get salty and I am not one to stop any of my guests from from being their true selves which I can say Piero is uh, he is himself and he's he's a total treat and he, he gives us a little insight into a world that I have very passing familiarity with and I think it'll be uh, I think it's a good one and I think you'll enjoy it and I hope you will because it's starting right now Welcome. But I should welcome you. You're in my apartment. Nobody needs to know where I am. So we first met at Nickelodeon Creative Resources. Heretofore, we'll call it NCR. Yes. Which is the licensing, the easiest way to describe it is the licensing department, right? Of Nickelodeon. Of Nickelodeon, yeah. Yes. Right, yeah. So that's where we first met, but you had a career before you showed up there. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. So before you were there, well, let's start from the very beginning. You come from, as I, you know, my knowledge of it is, you're sort of coming from an animation dynasty. Is dynasty too strong a word? Probably, yes. But, but both your parents work in animation. Yes, they did. My, they did. Uh, yes. My, well, I guess technically they do. My father is, I think about to retire my mom's about to retire so and what did they do in animation my father did everything from layout to storyboard to animation to directing producing uh he was at hanna-barbera i think he started off at filmation and worked on a lot of things that kids don't know of today but people our age probably do like super fat friends, albert yeah. super friends and uh tarzan cartoon sure tarzan yeah Rotos- i, I think cartoon. he rotoscoped some of that stuff, <laughs> <love> that stuff. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think that is where he learned to rotoscope yes awesome. probably tarzan yeah, and he worked on other things he was at marvel for a while gi joe i think i was about the right age when he was working on gi joe i was 10 so i would uh you know, he worked at home a lot, so he would he would get a script and and start storyboarding, and all the board pages would be up on his office walls, and I would 
look at it before I went to bed and he'd stay up all night drawing. I'd get up in the morning and see how the episode would play out and then <laughs> I would go crazy. to school and be like, yeah, there's this new guy, Serpentor, and Sergeant Slaughter and him fight and whatever. Yeah. That's so awesome. I would, yeah. And I would also, he doesn't know this, but I would take some of the model sheets, steal some of the model sheets, copy some yeah. of the model sheets and then show people like the new designs of uh, characters. Hey, but, you did sign a non-disclose. No, nobody kids it. You know, it's before the internet, before I guess. <laughs> yeah, it was before, that is true. Also like I posted the on the internet, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and then what was your mom doing? Well, she got in a little later. She's worked most of her career as a timer. Um, I know she did a lot of like lip assignment and stuff. But for most of her career, she's been a timing director. So she would help time out the animation, basically create the charts, plotting out and the animation and then sending that overseas as a guide for the uh, animators to kind of go by so it's, as it's a all guessing kid, yeah. you're sort of you're as you just said you're surrounded by animation cartooning drawing as a career yes it seemed like a possible career path yes so sort of like a kid whose father is a fireman or like there's like well, of fireman. given the given the italian uh, there's a story given the is italian it? background yeah um I don't know if you've seen The Godfather, but uh, yeah. it was kind of a similar thing. I didn't. I did not want to follow in my dad's footsteps. Really? Yes. So okay. <laughs> I because wanted to be an artist, but I did not want to do animation. Okay, all right. Because I was going to say, because you went to SDA, you yes. went to art school. Yes, I studied illustration. I studied, uh, and and it was more of a traditional, I guess, uh, curric- curriculum. Yeah. So a lot of life drawing, life painting, and and stuff like that. I, I was into the old illustrators. And you have well, a degree in illustration from SDA? It's Bachelor of Fine Art is what I got, okay. but it was a, we were illustration majors. So, right, right. Yeah. And the goal was to be doing what? Well, illustration. At that time, I was, I was really into, I mean, I really like caricature. I was really okay. into like uh, Stephen Brodner and uh, Sebastian Kruger and stuff. It was never, I never was as good as those guys, but uh, yeah, I kind of teetered on, on realism and... Uh, Things that were a little more abstract or, I guess, cartooned, exaggerated. Yeah. So. And you uh, did that. You did caricature work. I did at Six. No, no, no. Six Flags. Six Flags. Six Flags out in California? Yes. Oh, yeah. How long did you do that? Because as far as I'm concerned, that is maybe the worst gig you know what? It had its moments. Because I, it, I did it once in high school, and I hated it. It had its moments. I, I have a very funny story because um, it, it's weird. I found – I think the better I got, the more returns I got. So the, like, I knew when it looked like them. I knew when it didn't. And I noticed as I started to get better at likenesses and exaggeration, people would return and not buy the drawings you did. And we got paid straight commission. We got 30% of what we sold. So we were working maybe sometimes uh, 12-hour days, sometimes 14-hour days, and maybe made $3. <laughs> it was amazing. Like yeah. I said, <laughs> but the camaraderie with uh, some of those guys was uh, – I, I, uh, there was this one guy, Paul Lindsley. And he's out here. I, I haven't spoken to him in years, but I had a shitty day, man. I, I just I spiraled. My first, I, uh, and, and if people are uh, considering doing this as a career, just remember that girls, any girls between the age of like three and like fifty, they're very insecure about their looks and try to talk them out of it because. And we we would say that we say you know this isn't a glamour shot. And, yeah. No, I want to do it anyway. And. Uh, Nine times out of ten, they wouldn't like it. And I started off drawing these two girls. It was my, the first 
drawing of the day. And it looked like them. I knew it looked like them. And I showed it to them, and they didn't like it. And stupid me, I said, well, if you don't like it, you don't have to buy it. And I guess people in line that were waiting to, to get theirs done heard that. So they uh. just jumped right in, drew them, you know, they didn't buy it. So basically, I had this whole like, 12-hour day. I made no money. And, and, oh, yeah, and the angrier and angrier I got, the worse my drawings got. Sure. So this guy Paul came up to me at the end of the day. I had a little bit of a breakdown. I'm sure you've seen me do it. When we worked at NCR, <laughs> I go on these rants. And, and anybody I work with now has definitely seen me do this. But, uh, yeah, I get a little emotional at times. So I... <laughs> I had this breakdown. I think I even ripped my uniform that we, we had to wear these stupid, like, log jammer. Uh, <laughs> and I just ripped all the buttons off of it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, Paul came up to me, and he said, you know, I, I know how you feel. I've been there. He goes, tomorrow, sit next to me. Neither of us are going to make any money, but we're going to have a contest who can fuck up people the worst. <laughs> and he said, everybody's a target. Everybody, old ladies, little kids, doesn't matter. We're, we're just this is just about you and I, and I have to say that next day, yeah, neither of us made any money, but it was it was one of the best moments of my life because we had people weren't going on the rides, people were standing. There was a huge group behind us, just seeing how we would fuck people up, and then people would sit in, just as just. They, they knew what they were getting into. They would be offended. I think I drew a girl as like a horse. I remember we had to airbrush these, and I spent a lot of time on her gums, just like. <laughs> <laughs> she was offended by it, but her friends loved it, and her friends bought it. So, so yeah. Yeah, sorry. I think I just no, went off on a little rant. That's but. fine. That's fine. That's a good story. <laughs> Again, I, I, I it, did characters, and I do comic conventions, and people yes. say, hey, can you draw me? I know. I won't do it. It's hard because... Uh, I mean, it, I don't do character, for one, like the, to the level that, that I know you're capable of doing. Uh, I, like I, a Drew Friedman or one of these guys that sort of really develops these... It's a style. Sure. It's, a, it's a, definitely it, a, a skill set. You, you definitely get in a groove when you're doing it every day. And I think that's the, the, as a young person, as a young artist, you know, because I hadn't even, when I got that job, I hadn't even gone to art school yet. You know, I, I'd read how to how draw. How were you? I was 17, maybe, 17. Okay. I'd read how to draw comics the Marvel way and like all the, you know, the, the books that people were reading, kids yeah. were reading back then. But I think it was a great experience having. The variety of faces. I mean, you come on. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 there were guys there that were going to Cal Arts, you know, um, that were really good. I, I and really supportive. I think. I don't know. I think, at least in my experience as an artist, it's it's very frustrating, and it was kind of a, a good uh, uh, introduction. To what was to come, I guess. <laughs> so the two questions that yeah. come from that. One, one is a question, one is a segue. The first is, what would a career as a caricaturist be? I don't know. That that there were guys that would do like bar mitzvahs and like like uh, birthday parties. Like yeah. they would bring in extra cash on the weekends. I think some of the editorial stuff. Stephen Broadner. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He was. I, uh, he worked in so many different styles, and he would push things uh, much further than a lot of the other guys. And he would do weird things, like you hold the, the the drawing one way, it was like John Gotti, and then you turn it upside down, and it was like the lawyer that was like prosecuting ah, him. He would do very, art, I don't know, I guess artistic things. Um, so I guess as a caricaturist, you could do editorial, right. like uh, social commentary. 
I mean, obviously, there's, there's like caricatures in Entertainment Weekly, that sort of thing, sure. magazine work. Sure. And then even, I guess, even in animation, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, some of the shows I've been on, you, you, you try to caricature certain celebrities or, uh, sure. uh, I don't know, getting a likeness in different styles. Is it's such definitely. an interesting career. Like you said, you know, that was one of the things you thought you might want to do. I just never even, again, it's... it's I thought. I mean, in right. college, I was, I mean, I got into like Daumier, who was like a, a French caricaturist one of the i think first kind of documented where he did a lot of caricatures of like the the french politicians and government officials at the time and he actually did one of the king of france and got thrown in jail because the king didn't like him and i mean this is cartoonist man always getting into trouble (laughs) i wish more would do that that today (laughs) it's it's, again and this is coming from somebody who's found other avenues to earn a living as a cartoonist but you don't even think you see al hirschfeld and you go yeah i guess that's i guess he does that yeah, you know, you don't imagine that there's a lot of people that do that. It's just yeah, you know, if it's yeah. not Mad Magazine, then why bother? But obviously, there's avenues for it. I just named like three of them. Yeah, I mean, breaking into those is 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 uh, you know, I don't know, well, I don't know. Breaking into any of this stuff. Yeah, right? I, who knows? I can't. Yeah, I, <laughs> right place, right time. Some of it's right, and a lot of it is who you know. know right? yeah. yep. You were talking about Cal Arts. And people from CalArts being supportive. What, what made you go SVA instead of CalArts? I always had a connection with New York. My, a lot of my family's from back there. I'd gone back there as a kid. There was a, there was just more of a personal connection there. I never, to be honest, I think personality-wise, I never really felt at home out here. Even though you uh, were born out here. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, my dad, you know, had a little bit of a reputation in the industry for his personality. Was it an East Coast personality? Is that what you're saying? A little bit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> known for cursing a lot, and I don't know. I, don't, I, I think, you know, I grew up with at that. At least you didn't inherit that. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> no, we'll see. The more comfortable I get, we'll see. <laughs> well, yeah, talk to people I work with now. <laughs> so you're saying, uh, despite your efforts... To not be the godfather. Yes, yeah. It was. It's. Uh, You're becoming the godfather. Well, no, no. I wouldn't say becoming the godfather, but there's that scene in Godfather One where uh, Vito Corleone, you know, I guess Michael, Michael Corleone, clearly states in the beginning that he doesn't want to. You know, that's my father, Kay. That's not me. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, later on when uh, Vito has been shot and he's in the hospital and. And Michael says, I'm with you, Pop. <laughs> it's kind of a similar – my dad wasn't shot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I go to school. I think I'm going to be this, like, famous painter, portraitist, caricaturist, whatever. And uh, and then I think I think growing up, watching my dad work, you know, in animation, because I would watch him. I would sit next to him while he, he drew. I think there were just a lot of things I picked up on that I never really acknowledged. And, and I kind of naturally fell into uh, animation – back east yeah so so out of sda you graduate you was animation you like you went straight into that i went into flash animation right. and I, I think that's where it was i'd never animated but we're it's i lied I, I had no computer experience and i went on this interview and they said uh, are you familiar with the computer and i said yeah 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 photoshop and yeah yeah have you used flash no no but a little bit 
I had never even turned on a fucking computer. <laughs> they, they weren't doing that at SBA yet? Uh, I took one class, and that's a, it's, it's funny that I even said that. It was such a joke. It was an introduction to Photoshop I took one semester. The teacher... I don't, I'm not going to mention his name, and I couldn't because I don't remember. But did, we did nothing the whole semester, and at the end, the last day of class, he he wanted us to get up and speak, and and he said we we each had to speak what we got out of the class. So kids were like, "Oh, I learned this, blah blah blah," and I stand up and I say. Yeah, before this class, I, I didn't even know how to turn on a computer. And he goes, oh, that's great. So, so what did you get out of it? And I'm like, how to turn on a computer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I lied on that first. It was a, it was a website for kids called Alfie.com. And I, I would like be – Like the old toy? No, Alfie. Yeah. There's an old toy Alfie. Yeah, there's a toy Alfie. There were two toys uh, back in the day. It was 2XL. Which you plug eight track cassettes into uh-huh. and you play games. And there was Alfie, which had like a card that you put in front of it and you push buttons to play games and it would talk huh. to you. Sounds kind of familiar, but they not. Made a, no, this. What year, was, what year did you. No, uh, this graduate? has nothing to do with that. This is uh-huh. uh, maybe 99. Okay. Um, well, look, they might the internet's new. Hey, let's take this old toy no. to a website. It these were, these were a bunch of Israeli guys. It was an Israeli company, okay. which was actually kind of cool. I mean, those guys were really close. You can tell they, they all served in the military. The CEO uh, was some kind of F-16 hero. He blew up <laughs> shit. I don't know. The, there was a, obviously a history there that I would never be a part of. But, yeah, um, yeah. yeah the Alfie was, a, was some kind of rodent, and I don't think anybody okay. knew what he was. He was either a squirrel or a dog or something that rode a skateboard. That and is the opposite of a robot <laughs> that plays games. Yeah. yeah. And it was supposed to be the, the – it was like an interactive portal for kids and the internet. I think it maybe it was a little ahead of its time. It was kind of like a social networking thing where they had characters and animation yeah, yeah. And, and also these educational videos. So, yeah, I had no computer experience in – this guy Theo Edmonds sat next to me, and he helped me a lot. I also bought a book on Flash for Dummies, and I did my best. Uh, I did work my ass off to make not, to make it not look like I didn't know what I was doing. So that brought you to Stanley. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to. Th- uh, some friends from school got a job on Stanley at Jumbo Pictures at the time, and okay. um, I wanted out of. I, I don't know. I've. I think I've been lucky in my career i've been able to um trust my feelings when it when some when a production or a uh, company was gonna go out of business or change for the worst (laughs) yeah uh alfie obviously didn't um make it but uh yeah and i just i wanted out i wanted to work in more traditional medium they were still working on paper at that time and in animation you know at Alfie.com, I was introduced to a Wacom tablet, which was uh, very surreal at the time. Now, I've never been comfortable with those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird. You get used to it. It's it's uh, it's weird not having your your hand in front of your like in front of what you're drawing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I could never go back to a Wacom tablet. I think at this point, because um, your hand is like you're looking at the screen, right? Your hand's under you. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. Yeah, there's a, there's a definite disconnect. You do get used to it. I think what was funny is when I first started using that thing, you know, because the the stylus looks like a like a pencil. Mm-hmm. So you draw with one end, and then you can flip it over and yes. erase with the back. And I would brush. I would like draw and then 
erase and then brush like I was brushing <laughs> yeah, away the yeah, yeah. the eraser bits and shit. I think I st- I still do that every once in a while on the Cintiq, but it's, uh, a, it's a motor response, right? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, it's hard to break uh, old behavior. Sure. And then if I remember correctly, you came to NCR from Stanley, right? Yeah, Stanley was uh, you know, this first season was coming to an end and I think being young, um, I started to panic a little bit and I felt like I needed a job. A steady job. Steady job. And, and if it happened now, I would definitely take the time off and relax. And, so yeah, but, let's, let's get into just the sort of structure of what it's like to work in animation. It's, it's sort of, it's essentially freelance show to show, season to season, correct? It's weird. It, sh- it, it is. I many will many to sort yeah. of a career path thing, but just in terms yeah. of the structure of how it is to work. I mean, the, for, for now, it seems like they're they, depending on who you are, you can end up working for years, never having a break, which is exa- it's that's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you do work project to project a lot, season to season. Right, and TV would be season to season. Yes, a lot of times you finish your season. And they don't know if they have a pickup yet, so they have to lay you off. Right. And it's hard to sit around and wait to hear whether you're going to have a job on that show again in six months or four months. Yeah, certain studios, I'm going to try not to mention any, but certain studios tend to put out seasons a little faster. So a lot of times, you know, you you might have like a break off in between seasons. Uh, And it depends whether they ask you back or not is the other thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's uh it hasn't happened to me yet but um i yeah yeah sometimes a lot of people i've seen this happen they they think they're going to be asked back second season and of course they're not yeah so i personally feel like as soon as they lay you off you gotta you do have to start looking elsewhere and not count on anybody to uh you know bring you back so how did the NCR, which is not animation, no, which is not on the track of animation, I mean, it's it's tangentially related. Sure, you're drawing because at NCR we were drawing licensed characters yes. and we were doing things like SpongeBob, Fairly Odd Parents, Dora. Yeah, you, you actually end up drawing more variety. I think. But how did you how did you find how did you get that job? Like why? How did that come up? And how did you end up? I had on heard forty first floor. I had heard that, and that, it's hard for me to remember. I know I had somebody gave me Jeff Totebush's number, okay. and I called Jeff. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah, and then Jeff was very nice on the phone, and, and nice then he man. put me through to Katina, I think, who okay. was, and then she said that they were looking for uh, a character artist. So you just did a cold call, like um, I'm trying to. Somebody I, said, no, somebody said call this person, okay. and I did, and and I I'm, I don't. That's a weird because Jeff Totebush was. The library yes. manager yeah. of like archives, and then Katina was a project. Katina Stergakos was a project manager at the time. At the time, yeah, I, I'm sure she's climbed the ladder she's there. Still there, though. Yeah, she's still yeah. there. But I'm. I That's have... interesting because again, anytime somebody's asked me, how do you get, a, you know, who do I talk to? Yeah, maybe it's the wrong way to go. I just give them straight to one of the art directors. Yeah, I don't know. I'm time because it seems like that's the sh- or or one of or the character art manager. I guess Katina might have been doing that at the time. I did come in and I met with Russell Hicks. Okay, and he looked at my portfolio and he hired me. And Russell um, Hicks was the creative director of the whole department at the time. At the time, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and also I was getting paid nothing at, at Jumbo. Okay. I mean, it was it was, uh, it was enough for well. it paid a lot yeah. more than what I was making at Jumbo. Each, each job was kind of a step up. Yeah, you know, it, it paid me twice what I was making at Marvel. Yeah, when I made the switch. Yeah. Okay, so I, I never knew. I feel like there might have been. I don't know if I heard somebody was just like I think because there was the people knew or had heard that your father was in the animation business. So it was almost like this. Oh, like, probably. Oh, that's why he's here. Probably. That's, that's one of the plights in my life is uh, yeah. I have a shadow. I'm in somebody's shadow. And, and in some cases, it's, it's good. In some cases, it's bad. But, uh, but yeah. But now, now we come to the point where we actually come to meet each other. You show up at NCR. I think uh, we were talking before we started recording around June of, of, 99, or June of 2000. Yeah, that sounds 2001. right. 2001. 2001. 2001. Yes. So, yeah. just by way of by way of creating context, rather than June of 2001, I was about ready. I was about done with that place. Yeah. I was about ready to leave. I was going to actually give my notice in September of 2011, uh, 2001. Yes. Yeah, September 2001. Which I was unaware of because well, I... Yeah, nobody was aware yeah. of it. I wasn't telling anybody. I, I came in and I thought, I figured you were the... Uh, <laughs> The main illustrator there. I was not because <laughs> you were the only you were the only one I would see drawing. Yeah, and, I was, uh, I was yeah. not the main illustrator. I was like, <laughs> I was actually. I think I was before you showed up. I think I might have been last one hired because I started in February of two thousand. Yeah. So yeah, you showed up. A new guy shows up. I am. I know. I know where you're going in, with this. In a, in a state of mind. Yeah. So, Talk about your entry into NCR, what that's like. You're starting a new job. You I had young. no idea what the fucking job was. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> there was no... It took there me was, a year and a half yeah. to figure it out. <laughs> you know, coming from, from anime, I was a character designer on Stanley, so I, we would get... A, there was structure there. I'd get a script. The art director would, would talk to me and say, okay, this is what you know we need you to do. There was a list of characters that I needed to do, and I would design them and check them off, and then, okay, I had to do a turnaround of this character, whatever, blah, blah, blah. NCR, yeah, um... We just want some uh, drawings of Dora Spring. <laughs> some kind of spring activities. Okay. Uh, like, w- like what? Like chasing butterflies? Well, yeah, yeah, that's good. And, okay, so at NCR, that we would do those style guides. Yeah, the style guides were drawings, a series of drawings of a character or characters. So in the case of Dora, it would be Dora and Boots and yes. those guys. In the case of SpongeBob, it SpongeBob, Patrick, whatever. And these drawings would then go out... To other companies that like would make t-shirts. licensees, yeah, make T-shirts and book bags and and all kinds of stuff with the drawings we had done. Right. Just again. Funny can, story on this. I'll, I'll get. I'll. I'll uh, right. Something that happened within the last few years. I don't and, think I ever told you. And that definitely happened where you get sort of these very vague directions uh-huh. for for things and and very vague deadlines. Which yes. I remember coming from Marvel, where deadlines were everything. Well, they, they wouldn't talk to you. I remember I was in that. Remember I was in that front office with like five other people. Yeah. There was like Mo, Mo was in there, Jen, Steve Cefalo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I feel like there's somebody else in there. We were all crammed into this little office, and yeah. and uh, I would get an assignment, and then I wouldn't see anybody for like a week. <laughs> what the hell? So I was sitting there drawing. They'd never put me on email. I didn't have a phone. <laughs> all I had was a light box and like some some crappy pencil, model yeah. sheets that weren't even on model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were in New York, and all the show production was. Although Dora was in New York, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Fun. The, a lot of the shows were produced out in the West Coast. So everything would get FedEx back and forth. Notes would come back and forth. Yeah. Um, 
I just lost my train of thought. Well, the model sheets were never uh, updated. No, but th- this is what it was like. You get an assignment, and the que- the naturally the question would be, when do you need it by? Yes. And the response would be, when can you get it done? Yeah. Which I was never familiar. I couldn't wrap my head around. Like, I got a funny. Get it done as soon as I need it to. Like, when do you need it? Like, I've learned. I've learned in later later in my career, you give them an unrealistic deadline, but too quick. So when is when can you have this done? Yeah, I'll have that for you. Fifteen minutes. And then it's like their brains can't handle. Oh no, no, no. Uh, 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 you know what? Take till next Friday. <laughs> yeah, I had a very different experience. I would get the assignment and they say, "When can you get it done?" I'd ask when they needed it. I'm like we'd like to get it done by this date. I get it done early, and I turn it in early, figuring I'm going to show these people I'm doing a great yeah, job. Yeah, mistake. And then I remember having an actual quote <laughs> was given to me by my direct supervisor, and he said. Right. Let the work fill the time. And I still don't really know what that means, but it basically means waste time. Yes, it and means I, may, may, it means look like you're busy. I couldn't. It yeah. was brutal. Yeah. Well, there's a problem because then, uh, and I, I can say this with especially with storyboarding is there are pe- some people that get it done really fast and it. I don't know. It just well, then you're expected to do that all the time. Yeah, and, and I and I and I've been guilty of that, and, and I and I apologize to anybody that's listening that that uh, I fucked up their weekend because well, <laughs> the schedules is, got tighter. It, it gives but, you then time. It, it makes you the guy to go to and needs something quick. Or if you get something done early, it gives people more time to make changes. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. all of this to sort of build up the fact that when you showed up, I was in a state of like, yeah. Here's what this place is really like. Yeah, I remember you kind of, <laughs> kind of trying to be the voice of reason with me. Yeah, because I, I yeah. learned quite a bit in that year. Of just this place is not, this place is weird. It was a weird, and I still think it is a little weird. Because I, I th- well, especially back then, I think they were trying to justify their existence. I think that's a corporate thing anywhere you go. Yeah, yeah. And it's definitely a corporate environment. Yeah. Much more so than what I'd experienced at Marvel. I mean, because what's interesting about licensing is you get to work on a variety of things. I mean, we worked on video games. You know, we worked on, you know, whatever, DVD boxes, T-shirts, statues for that. I don't know. There's that Nickelodeon friggin' theme park in Florida that, you know, we designed rooms and the entryway. I remember there was supposed to be this huge mural on the ceiling that we, you know, you got the design and statues. I'm sure none of those characters are even like in kids' vocabulary anymore. But a lot of them aren't. I don't think the Angry Jim, Beavers. Yeah, and are Jimmy very Neutron. <laughs> I think Jimmy Neutron is popular. Yeah. I think the Angry Beavers and yeah. uh, Hey Arnold. Hey Arnold are, are sort of relics of, of a yeah yeah. Oswald or pal Oswald. You know what? That's funny because uh, I think you and I both. We're excited about that because that was very easy to draw. <laughs> so, yeah, so, okay. So, let's, let's, we're, we're going, we're spinning out. So, you yeah. showed up, and, and again, maybe I, I, I don't know if I necessarily poisoned you in any capacity when you first showed up. Taking a, a bright eye. No, you were, you were actually, I took you as, as somebody that was speaking truth because anybody that's too happy about something and, and too, you know, smiley and. There was a lot of that there. The, yes, there, there, there is, and there's a lot of that everywhere. Yeah. Um, there, usually denying themselves certain realities and i don't know that's just me that's just how i choose to go through life i think you know nothing is that great and nothing's that bad but don't don't neglect 
the things that will give you ulcers. <laughs> I think, I, think <laughs> I don't know was, how else to put was, that. What was nice about it, though, is I think that, uh, and again, this was maybe selfish on my part, is I had somebody to sort of screw around with in terms of on the drawing side. <laughs> we would, we would, new properties would show up. Oh, Jesus. And, yeah. and we would train on these properties. Yes. Like the art, yes. The people would come out from LA yes. and spend the day with us and show us how to draw the things and you know, what the tricks were. The eyes never do this, they always do that. The hands do this. And right. we did at least, there were three, was it three? We definitely trained together on Fairly Odd Parents. Yes. And Oswald. Yes. And those training sessions were super boring, but. Because you and I were a couple of screw screw arounds, yeah, they sort of became fun. <laughs> you started it. I always started it because yeah. because I was tired of the whole machine. I mean, okay, I think the, the prime example might have been fairly odd, but that yeah. was the first one. Yeah, you, you did like one of them with shit in their diapers or yes, something. Well, no, I mean. it was. Um, <laughs> Cosmo, and I'm going to post these drawings. <laughs> I but uh, Cosmo, who's one of the fairly odd parents, was uh, defecating into another character's pants. Yes. That was the gag. Yes. Yeah. And in that particular instance, because. I just, I just remember when Butch, like, yeah. kind of fanned over those drawings. <laughs> well, that's what it was. Like, Butch, Butch had these shows, and I, I don't really know Butch, and I'm sure he's a fine gentleman, but he was, he was already being declared the next. Everything he was doing was going to be the next big thing. Yes. So we had we had to care about it. Yeah, and I care. I mean, we. And I, I, I did. I, you know what though? Because I, I think. And I think you, that's why you ended up drawing more of it than I did. Because I think I just didn't care anymore. Maybe I I I think that they didn't really. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I ever drew any of those characters really well. Uh, I think I Dora. I had a tendency to make her look a lot younger than she was, and and. Uh, uh, fairly Odd Parents definitely had a, diff- a stylistic thing that I wasn't used yeah. to. I, I got used to it. Very geometric. Yeah. I got used to it later on, but it took me a while to kind of... And plus, we had model sheets where, like, their eyes were oval. Like, yeah. I guess they were the original, she- you know, model sheets. We didn't have... It was... We didn't always... We didn't get how the... F- they never sh- communicate as how the show is evolving, because the show will always evolve. Yeah. The designs will kind of naturally change. Absolutely. And we weren't part of that process, so it was very hard to to stay a model. But I, yes. I think I I got pushed around on different styles because I I don't think I was I think I was decent enough at all of them, but I wasn't like great. Well, it's part at of the any job of is being a chameleon, being able to yeah. draw. I yeah, mean, I would draw SpongeBob one day and then Invaders in the next. Yeah, yeah, and then Jimmy Neutron the next, and three distinctly different yeah. beasts. Mm-hmm. Some I was better than at others. But a lot of it is really... Yeah, your drawings are always solid, though. I, I, I don't think I, I... I used your drawings a lot to... I, to... I used other people's drawings. <laughs> yeah. I, I appreciate it. I, I know what you mean. But a lot of it, I found that the thing that really helped more than anything in those training sessions was just watching these guys draw yeah. the characters. Yeah. And not looking sure. at the model sheets. Right. Because they'd break the rules as they were drawing them. Yes, they would. And you just see, okay, that's how their hand is moving. That's how they're yeah. creating these shapes. You can see them thinking. To, it's, yeah, it's, sort of, exactly, exactly. I mean, that was sort of like amidst this job that was very much a job at a certain point. 
it was it was again fun to to have goof around time on Oswald. We were I think even the training guys at Oswald <laughs> were having fun. Well, I worked with uh, you ended up working with Antoine. Them, right? Yeah, Antoine Gabot. Gabot. I, I, I'm sorry, Antoine, if I'm saying that wrong. Yeah, he's uh, he was on Phineas and Ferb. But I, feel I worked like, with him, and, and it dawned on me like you were the art director. You came out to New York, and he totally avoided us when he I, was going around. Like to, tra- I think he saw like these guys never put <laughs> or we were because we, I think I had I had Oswald eating. Calamarios, I think that's what it was. he was eating his cereal. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember the exact drawings we did. I remember but one specifically because uh, there was an episode where they were eating marshmallows. Yeah. And you did a drawing of him just shoveling the, the, the penguin, Henry, which is super fat. <laughs> it's like hundreds of marshmallows shoved into him. And I feel like. I don't, wow, I don't remember that. But <laughs> I, I also have the drawings. So I've seen oh, them. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I get the impression that, yeah. like they're going around looking at everybody's training and seeing what everybody's and they bring in other artists that didn't work at NCR they bring in people that were drawing books right they were illustrators and yeah and I think he'd sort of see what we were doing and we were at that point not just drawing them smiling or standing like we were making them do yeah well that, that was inappropriate stuff yeah but that's I feel like that's part of the creative process and in I a think, way I think he yeah. You might have recognized that. Yeah. You know, and I think even when Butch was flipping through the FOOP drawings, Fairly Odd Parents, like, I think once he got to those silly ones, yeah. I think he understood, like, oh, these guys are just being yeah. silly. Yeah. I don't remember. He, he, he definitely didn't get angry about it. No. He was, he was, I think he, I think he, I remember him going through, oh, that's funny. Yeah. He didn't yeah. draw too much attention to it, but he, he no, also. Because at that point, it's like, he's not going to blue line a drawing of a Fairly Odd Parent. Defecating. Right. That's, at that point, we were clearly not taking it seriously. Yeah. So why is he going to? Yeah, and it's weird because I, I think now being on the other side of the yeah, uh, yeah. like working in animation and there, there's a definite disconnect between you know the what's done in animation and then what has to be done in licensing. They're two different beasts. Yes. And what's crazy is the money is made from licensing. It's not made from animation <laughs> unless may, maybe DVD sales, but you know, I mean, SpongeBob made billions, right? I don't know the numbers, but it made a lot of it money. Made, I thought it, I'm pretty sure it, it made does. billions. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's everything from pencils to, you know, diapers to, to whatever product. Yeah. Cause that was another, an aspect of it was we started doing storybooks and coloring books and, Particularly on Oswald, because yeah. it it's a shame that showed it. It really was fun. It was not just easy to draw; it was fun to draw. Yeah, and it was a good show. Yeah, that was a, the other thing. Neither of us knew Illustrator. Remember yeah, that? We sort of learned it on the job. Yeah, we had to learn it. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you leave NCR? I want to say 2005, maybe. Oh, you stuck around for a good while. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, I think I I uh, I definitely left my mark there. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, so but, what, I, but I was trying to, I, I mean, nobody knows this, but I was trying to get up at, at Blue Sky Studios okay. at the time. I was trying, I wanted to get on to Venture Brothers, you know, which was being done in New York. I was trying to get out of there. All right. But I, I think it, it was a hard, it's a hard transition going from uh, back from, from licensing, having all that stuff in your portfolio, which nobody wants to see, <laughs> you know. I didn't realize that, that at the time I thought that they, you know, would say, "Oh, this guy can draw, or this guy can work in different styles. Yeah. Let's hire him." But no, they, you know, they really wanted to see more personal work and personal sensibilities. I think, yeah, that, that, that doesn't that doesn't surprise me. Only in that I had a similar experience when 
I was trying to, I figured I worked in this business for 10 plus years. I have ideas. I want to get books done. Let me see if the people I've worked with in publishing can connect me to the people I need. And they're just like, no, we just do the licensed books. We don't yeah, get yeah. involved. It's like, these are, it's a way to earn a living, but it is a separate yes. entity. Yeah. Entire. So how did you make the transition? How did you then... You moved. You moved. I left. To the West Coast, right? I left. Yeah, I left everything. I kind of just got fed up. I felt like, I mean, I probably, I if I stayed at NCR, I probably would still be there. They probably would have, you know, I wouldn't have been an art director right. by this time. But they would have attached senior illustrator. What Maybe. I don't even remember what I was when I left. I don't know. I, when I, don't, I left, I was yeah. a junior illustrator. That's bullshit. You were not. I never got a. I never got yeah. any title change, any raise. I was there two, almost two and a half years. Yeah, that's bullshit. You were doing. <laughs> you were not doing junior illustrator work. Well, I appreciate it, but yeah. guys, I'm just. I'm just stating facts. Yeah. Yeah, I. I, I don't know. I think I. I got. I felt very stalled so sure. i just had to get i i just had to get out i i thought i i actually came back here without a plan well the only plan was to go uh, and learn maya learn 3d stuff so i spent nine thousand dollars to get a certificate that says i was proficient in maya which i am not and uh <laughs> did nothing with that <laughs> you used your photoshop skills to create that certificate probably <laughs> yes at that time absolutely yeah uh, yeah yeah, and I think I like that stuff. I just I didn't I needed to learn about it. I needed to to see, you know, it's definitely a part of our about of the future of animation. It's the present yeah. and future of animation. So, what was the first gig when you when you came back out to the West Coast? Uh, Camp Laszlo. Camp Laszlo. That was the first really Cartoon and you Network were a board guy. I was a cleanup. The tie, it was it was revisionist, but it wasn't really revisionist. I was working with guys like Kaz sure. and uh, another guy, Kent. They were Kent not, Osborne. Yes, Ken okay. Osborne. He's a SpongeBob guy. Uh, yeah, he's a very. They're they're both very funny guys. Well, Kaz but Kaz worked on SpongeBob too. I think yes. Too, yeah. yeah. Now, the, a lot of, like a lot of shows, uh, Camp Lazo was a board driven show, which means the storyboard guys get an outline of what they want the episode to be. So, and on that show in particular is broken up into numbered beats. And so it was the story, the two storyboard guys in a team is, and girls, but it was two people in a team is their job to write and storyboard the episode. So with guys like Kent, he's not really an artist and sorry, Kent, if you're listening to this and you're offended by it, but they're, they, they do their own thing. Kaz and Kent, and it was my job to take their thumbnails. They're they're very kind of uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but crude drawings and clean them up and put them on model and make sure it, it, it was working f- uh, filmically. So it was a good way to learn uh, the storyboard process. Sure. So I started off as a cleanup revisionist guy, and then Kent ended up leaving, and I ended up kind of getting promoted to work with his partner john infantino you might know being a comic guy his uncle was carmine infantino sure, sure. john infantino is a very dear friend of mine we we uh well we'll get into that later but um <laughs> how many years were you on laszlo uh, it's hard to remember i want to say maybe two maybe and, two years and, or one year i don't know it might have been like a year and a half and at the end uh, at the end of your time on laszlo you won an emmy uh, well, it was weird. I wrote uh, I wrote four episodes. Wrote sorry, but four episodes with John Infantino. He was a great partner. I think we connected as a, as a creative 
kind of force through a we we uh we connected on many levels humor wise our our story instincts you know we weren't writing schindler's list but i think we wanted more than just a, a bunch of gags strung along we we tried to put a little meaning and we drew on a, on, a, on a few uh personal experiences for the episodes that we wrote mm-hmm. we I, it wasn't for like t- maybe two years later i got or maybe a year and a half later i we got an emmy for it hadn't aired yet. yeah it hadn't aired yet i had already moved on to two different shows <laughs> it kind of came out of nowhere so which was good you, we, so you went on you went on we'll go back to the emmy stuff you went to phineas and ferb and no, i went on to i went on to mighty b Okay. At Nickelodeon, that didn't last very long. I left that, and I went on to Phineas. Okay. All right. So let's talk about this Emmy, and then we'll get back to okay to the to All switch right. over to Disney. I've never won an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Not that many people can say they've won an Emmy. Okay. Walk me through that experience from from like hearing that there's a nomination. Okay. Through the through like what is it? So I I got a call saying that they were going to submit it. Brian, a guy named Brian Cheesley, called me and said that they were submitting it. He was still working on Laszlo. He was uh, one of the directors there. I was okay. So what do I need to do? He's like nothing. Just just giving you a heads up. And so I would tell certain people, because I thought that was good news, I would say, hey, uh, they're going to submit one of the episodes I wrote for an Emmy, and nine times out of ten, I got, well, you're not going to get it. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, okay, I'm not, honestly, I didn't think it would get it. It never crossed my mind. I I was, I was, uh, uh, I just thought it was kind of cool that that was happening. And I kind of forgot about it, and then the nominations came out. I remember I got up at, at six in the morning to check it and saw that it had got a nomination and of course immediately started texting john and <laughs> jonathan Tino. right <laughs> it's kind of excitement there get the work and uh yeah i was working at disney at the time and there were a few people that congratulated me but um the emmy is a weird thing it's a very weird thing i think people definitely attach symbolism to it and so it can create feelings of i don't know if jealousy is the right word but um yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was the whole the thing on a whole is a weird experience. Again, I never thought it. I didn't think it was going to win. I had a girlfriend at the time. I just figured we would go have a good night, a fun night. Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, the the actual ceremony was was now, is interesting. The, is this the official Emmy ceremony? Is it daytime Emmys? Is this this is prime time? Prime time. It was broken up. It's not when all the 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 real people there. This is the I guess broken up into one. the creative, yeah, um, yeah. creative arts Emmys. Arts, but Tom Hanks was there. That was kind of cool. I didn't, you know, get to meet him or anything. But and the, and the audience was definitely filled. Right. And here's something funny about the Emmys, which I, 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 I it took me a while funny. to figure out what the hell was going on. People would get up and go to the bathroom because it's a long ceremony, and then actors dressed up in like tuxes would come and take their place. Yeah, the seat fillers. <laughs> seat fillers. <laughs> Absolutely. It was funny because we're all in animation. I mean, I had a suit. I didn't even have a tux, but these people were clearly, you know, better dressed and better groomed. <laughs> it's like they wouldn't be sitting with our group. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. You know, I, I didn't. Again, I wasn't expecting it to win. I was nervous, and then and they didn't say when they were going to call our category. 
they say it was it was the second to last category. Wow. So I had two martinis before because I was nervous, and then I had to go to the fucking bathroom. And I and it's like I just like when are they going to call us? I don't know if I go and then I miss it, so I you know held it. Here's an interesting thing, and I can show you later. I, I you can buy like all the footage that was cut from the actual broadcast. So when they called the category, we see this uh, camera crew come up to the uh, aisle. And before I could say, did we get it? They said, we got it. And okay, all this excitement, we're getting up. And I'm, you know, we're walking towards the, uh, the stage. And I'm saying, don't trip, don't trip. And then I feel my foot get caught on something. And some woman from, I forget her name, and I feel bad, but she from, I think she was from Creature Comforts, put hers in the aisle. And I tripped on her Emmy. <laughs> I didn't completely fall. But in the video, in the footage, you see me kind of like stumble, turn around and look like, what the fuck? And then keep going. And then we got up on stage, and that was uh, interesting. I didn't speak. Uh, Joe Murray, the uh, show creator of Camp Laszlo and like Rocco's Modern Life, uh, mm-hmm. spoke. And I think he's had a few of these, so he was very efficient. There's a big screen in the audience that counts down from 60 to tell you that... Um, the band's going to start playing. Well, just your time limit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that you know, they gave Joe like the the an Emmy on stage, and then they usher us backstage, and they take that Emmy away. And then it's cool. We got to go backstage. There's all these people on computers, and it was like all dark. And then you go up, you go backstage, and into a room where you get your real Emmy. And there, Tim Conway was in there, like five feet away from me, cracking jokes. That was kind of interesting. I mean, so so what does it do? To have won an Emmy. Nothing. <laughs> it does absolutely nothing. Nobody wants to hear about it. Nobody cares. Is I'm, it because... I'm completely I'm being completely fucking honest. No, no, I, I, I don't <laughs> deny that. I uh for for a few days I felt like I had the plague. There were maybe two people that congratulated me and I didn't bring it into work or anything to like right. show off. There there were definitely things said that were uh I don't want to mention any names or anything. That's but fine. um there were things said that, you know, clearly People had issues with it. Um, I, I usually don't bring it up unless somebody challenges me. Like I was in a meeting once and somebody was showing off. It was a director I was working with because people were questioning his decision. And he said, well, how many of us in here have an Emmy? Because <laughs> well, he had one. And, at that uh, point, you have to raise yeah, your hand. Yeah. yeah. So that was the only time I really brought it up. Right, so it's not like when somebody wins an Oscar, they can suddenly get paid more or... No. If somebody went to Harvard, they're more no. sought after. No, it's nothing. Just, nothing. If anything, nothing. you have one moment where you have recognition <laughs> from your peers. I wouldn't even say from my peers. It was, it was from some academy that I don't know anybody. It was, there's, a, there's an amazing party afterwards, the governor's ball. And, and I, for, for me and I guess my girlfriend at the time, it was, it was, that was a great night. Sure. It's a great memory. I got very drunk. Which you know you've seen me do. Seen it, yeah. <laughs> Get it's, loud and drunk. Yeah. It's a cool statue. Yeah. You let me hold it. Yeah. It's heavy. It's heavy somewhere, and sharp. Somewhere between 15 to 18 pounds. Yeah, and it's actually, I think the design of it's kind of cool. It's, it is. Uh, you, can Joe, hold, you can hold it well. Yeah. It's got a good grip for your thumb on, yeah, on her back. You can just put your thumb on her back. Well, she's got those sharp wings. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, when you look at like the, uh, the Oscar, how boring it is compared to the uh, design of the, uh, yeah, the Emmy. is a very Emmy. cool. She's a cool <laughs> Lady. Jody, her name's Jody. Mean? Yeah, really, I believe so. Yeah, because uh, when we we had to take our pictures, they they kept saying, "Make sure Jody's facing this." And I'm like, I, what "The fuck is Jody?" <laughs> <laughs> 
so then you went from there. You worked on Finless, which yeah. You know, I know, I know. There's a bunch of stories there. We won't get into all those. <laughs> but while you're working on Phineas, and, yeah. and we we can we can glaze over this or get into it as much as you want. But you huh. had an opportunity, and again, I know this gets into some dicey stuff. But you had an opportunity to direct a pilot. Yes, I um, did. Which is, on the one hand, fantastic. This is like you, you're building, you're, you're moving up, and now it's like okay, Disney yes. Corporation pilot for a new show yeah they're pretty much handing my my writing partner and i at the time uh an opportunity that yeah doesn't come along all, all the time right at the same time that's but that was because of our our success on phineas too that was um john barry and i were paired up and i have to say we never had we never had a bad pitch our episodes always got a lot of laughs at least the pitches did mm-hmm. and um we had a lot of success i think you know in in many ways, we were uh, a good fit creatively. There were some personality differences there, I think, that just exhausted us. And, uh, yeah, it couldn't last forever. <laughs> and it sort, of broke, it sort of broke in the process of putting this pilot together. Yeah, I think, I th- yeah, that yeah. Like, would that be the- There's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, I also took a major pay cut. I was making, for a lot of it, $600 a week. Nobody knows this, but you know it now. So give me some fucking, you know, give me a break when you know when I when I look uh, frustrated at work. You know, I'm not a negative person. I just deal with things in a very intense way, and I, I agreed to it. I figured the opportunity would. Uh, sure, and it's a, it was a huge opportunity. Yeah, it never. You know, we we were kind of. What Disney, the development team at Disney did, um, they had this illustrator from uh, Argentina, and I don't remember her name, but she had a very, like, kind of flat graphic style, and they liked her style, and they basically had her do some characters, and then they took those characters, handed it to my my writing partner and I at the time, and said, we want to do a show about a family garage band that makes it. These are characters. That's right. all we had to work with. So yeah. we, we had to write it. We had to come up with who these characters are. Um, definite learning experience. It did, just, did the pilot ever get completed? No, it didn't. Okay. No, we uh, it never got past the pitch phase, which we pitched it many times. And, and for those of you who've worked in development, a lot of times they don't know what they want. They just know what they don't want. So it's a lot of I, – I, I think that – for the, that those uh, th- might have been three months, I felt like I was running at full speed and but getting nowhere. Mm-hmm. It was uh, uh, yeah, it was a very intense process, <laughs> lots of back and forth. Um, yeah, I also tried to quit smoking at the same time, which is <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect time. Sure, You're most stressed. Oh yeah, yeah, and I think I just burnt out between Phineas. Phineas was a very uh, had a very... doing it at the same time, right? Kind of. It just... Phineas had a very grueling schedule. I was doing a lot more drawing than I probably should have been doing. And uh, yeah, definitely between those two it wore me out physically and kind of emotionally. I definitely crashed after that. You took a little time off. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Had to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And then after sort of dust settled... On that, you came back, and now you've been working for the past few years for direct-to-video features. Well, correct? I think it's not feature, but it possibly—I'll explain all that. But uh, when I left, 
Disney TV, the person in charge there had asked me, she, she said, you know, we don't want to lose you. We value you. Um, is there anything we can offer you? And I said, I want to direct, but I just can't, I don't want to do it. Th- I can't do it there. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I left. And then, um, I think because I said that, because I, I, you know, I told her what I wanted to do. A few months later, I got called from a different division in Disney and they brought me in to do, to direct some Tinkerbell shorts to direct and write some Tinkerbell shorts. So I did four of those. That's what kind of brought me back. But I think I wouldn't have had the opportunity to direct there. Granted, I didn't get paid as a director, but I got to direct (laughs) the shorts. (laughs) Um, I don't think that opportunity would have happened if I didn't make it clear when I left Disney TV what I wanted to do. I've been at a different division, uh, Disney Toon Studios, ever since. And they've kind of, you know, they, they, they've gone through a little transformation. We're directly connected with uh, John Lasseter and Pixar. Uh, uh, he kind of oversees our projects, and they're, they're kind of basing their, and I can't say that this is true or not, but they're trying to base their structure and their process on the Pixar uh, method. I can't, you know, I haven't worked at Pixar, right. so I can't tell you if that's true or not. But boards there, have you have you gotten any more opportunities to direct? Do you still want to direct? Well, I got a little burnt out because I, I was I, I started directing those shorts, um, and then I also got put on a pro some of their bigger projects. So I was boarding on their projects, boarding my own own shorts, writing my own shorts, rewriting my own shorts, reboarding my own shorts, reboarding my own my sequences on the projects. So I got a little burnt out, and I just I wanted to f- just do one thing for a little while. So I stopped with the shorts and, and kind of just been working on their projects, Tinkerbell films. And there's a, a spinoff of the movie cars instead of cars. It has planes talking planes. So of course it's called planes. And that that's, that's been, been, I've worked with some very talented and amazing board guys there. I've learned a lot. Do you miss doing character design? I think it, I, again, I don't want to take credit away from everything. I wasn't as stressed out when I did character design. <laughs> like what? Of all the, I mean, you've done a bunch of stuff. I mean, yeah. You look back and you've done quite a bit from the caricature stuff to the stuff you're doing now to the character design to licensing. Is there a thing that you go, I'd like to do that again? Or is it just, I want to be less stressed? Well, I, I think stress is a part of the process. And I think how I deal with stress gives me a little, it gives me my edge. I, I, I find I... You know, my little rants and my breakdowns are funny to people. I don't know. I don't know if I want to go back in any ways. I think for me, I want to continue to grow and feel like I'm learning something new. I think with storyboarding so complex, you'll never know everything. There's always different, you know, visual ways to explain. You know, visual in terms of visual story, there's there's always room for exploration and and, and growth. But um. I don't know. I'd like to. What I would like to do is do my own short that isn't a character that already exists or part of a franchise. I'd like to do my own thing, which I, you know, I've been working on. It just sure. just a matter of figuring the the business side of it and figure out how to actually get it produced. You mentioned your edge and your your general sort of sensibility. And you've mentioned a couple of times just in this conversation The Godfather or Spielberg or Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. Yeah. You obviously, you, you, you have a, you seem to be more in line, you know, in terms of story sense and sensibility with drama. 
Well, human condition. And your career yeah. has been much more in the realm of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. We're on a collision course. We're wagging it. I yeah. could not have put it better myself. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you've really been... And, you're a funny guy, and, and I'm not well, But it's also changed. I, I think, you know, with the sequences I've done in, in the projects I'm on now, they've actually given me, like, the, the climax, you right. know, of the movie. And the sequel to Planes. I got the opening sequence in Planes 2, and, and then the climax of the movie. And then there's, like, two comedic sequences in, in the middle of that that I did. But, you know, I think they know. I, I, I expressed it that I wanted to do something a little more serious. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, climaxes are hard. Because basically in the script, you know, you've, I'm sure it's the same in comics. Action ensues. You know, there's nothing really explained or. or uh... I wish it was like that. More in comics. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. They overexplain it. Sometimes it gets a little. I mean, I've written comics where I sort of can be very specific with what I want to see. You know, the choreography of it. Right. It all depends. That that's case by case. Yeah, I feel I do better when there's less direction, and I and I can kind of go on my own. Follow my person. own follow my own instinct yeah. on what it needs to be. I just yeah. find it interesting that you you you've been on that path as opposed to again working on things like Justice League or this new Thundercats. Well, but think about it. I mean, we came from licensing where we were drawing characters like SpongeBob yeah. and and Fairly Odd Parents, which were which are cartoony characters. Yeah, yeah. So I think it was a a natural progression. You know, I, I don't I didn't have action stuff in my portfolio. I had, oh, certainly I had a technically uh, a technical natural possession yeah. in terms of, of what the stuff looked like. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting how it's it's not in direct contrast, but it's it's on a different sort of path than where your personal interests lie. Yeah. No they they are. Yeah. It's that's I mean that's I, I it's tr- not a judgment by any means, it's just an observation. I try to um I don't know, I try to have that intensity in, in anything I do. I mean I, I I think people would agree that the Phineas episodes that John and I did, John Barry and I did, were kind were very intense. <laughs> we got all the twenty two minute specials. <laughs> Being a storyboard artist now, you, you, you have to be a little bit of a salesman. You get up in front of a room full of people, and you got to make them laugh. So either with your drawings, you know, some guys are very subdued. Some guys are very kind of flat, you know, and dry, and sure. they still get laughs. But it's a definite part of the process it's, that adds a little more stress to it because, you know, you could fail miserably. You can get up in front of a room full of people, and nobody laughs. And everybody's looking to laugh. Yeah, on a comedy thing, for it, sure. Yeah, well, in any cartoon, I think they, they're all... Even though most things being produced now, I, I, I don't know. They, I don't find a lot of them to be funny. South Park, I think, will always make me laugh. I don't watch it religiously, but, right. that, but that's not for kids. That's a different, uh, different thing. Uh, so if you're planning on being a storyboard person, practice pitching. Take a... Uh, improv class take a acting workshop something where you get uh, comfortable being up in front of people and and reacting to unexpected things (laughs) like nobody laughing or like everybody laughing and then stop laughing and then right when you start pitching again everybody starts laughing again i mean there's just as many things that can happen during a pitch and and now a lot of times you're projecting and you're i don't know Personal advice, I always like to stand up. If you're in a room full of people, am I going off on a tangent here? A little bit, but <laughs> I can man. only say, I, I feel like nobody told me this. It's something I kind of came up 
you know, I, I realized on my own. You're in a room, everybody's sitting down. If you're sta- the only one standing up, you demand their attention. If you're sitting down with, with everybody, it, there's a different psychological thing that happens. Sure. So I, I, I prefer and I recommend standing up, seizing the moment, making sure you have their undivided attention. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. I think you covered everything. How do you feel about this? I, it's hard for me to remember. I was so excited. It's hard for me to, you know, I'll have to play it back it's in so my mind, slow, slow motion so later. No, I seriously, it. I've never done this. It's, uh, it's interesting. It's actually kind of therapeutic in many ways. That's because you're on that couch. I, I find, no, I'm not laying down <laughs> on it. I just, I feel like talking about one's life is something I haven't really done. It's, it kind of helps you put things and uh, see things from a different perspective, I guess. I am glad so. for that. Yeah. Hey, and I thank you. Nah, thank you. For, uh, for the time. Yeah. And the knowledge. Yeah. Because I don't know anything about what you do. I don't either. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Yes, Hero Peluso Emmy winner. It's ridiculous, right, to keep hitting that point? There's much more to him than just that, as he himself attested to. All right, let's do the uh, the important stuff, which <laughs> I tag on at the end here, and we'll do it quick. The website, stuffsaidshow.com. Go there, leave comments under the episode. Tell me what you thought. Ask questions. Check out the show notes. This episode, there's going to be uh, some bonus audio, a minute, maybe a minute and a half. You could also email me, stuffsaid at gmail.com. You can subscribe in iTunes, leave a comment, let people know uh, the show is awesome and that we have Emmy winners on it. You can listen at acmewaveprojector.com, the, the podcast network to which this show belongs. Next month is, is going to mark one year of Stuff Said. And there's stuff, there's stuff coming up that's kind of awesome, and I don't want to over-tease it, because clearly I oversold the Emmy thing. So, that's about all the stuff I have left to say. I'll see you next time. <laughs>